coming, we're coming, we're coming. Good morning, everybody. Wow, what another beautiful morning the Lord has given to us. Happy uh, Veterans Day to all of you. We'll be talking to you in just a little bit more about that. If you're visiting for the first time, if you'd make sure you stop by the Welcome Center out there. We have a gift for you and would like to welcome you officially. If you're visiting online for the first time, do you just scan that QR code and uh, that will give you a chance to uh, let us know that you're out there uh, listening and watching and paying attention. That always is a joy for us to know about you out there. Children's ministry training is next Sunday afternoon. If you are involved or would like to be involved in one of our children's ministries, uh, there is a, I'm going to say it this way, an expectation that you will be there. So we'll provide lunch for you. And then uh, there's a short training meeting afterwards. So uh, anyone who's involved in children's ministry or would like to be, that's Children's Church, uh, Awana, uh, Sunday Schools, all of the children's ministries concepts that are out there. All right. Uh, Pie and Praise Service is coming up. Uh, That is going to be the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. That week changes everything. We usually do a Wednesday service, but all of our Wednesday services, morning and evening, are moved to Tuesday, and we will do a Tuesday morning and a Tuesday evening Pie and Praise. For those of you who struggle to get out after dark, uh, you can still come at 11 o'clock Tuesday morning, bring a pie or something for us to eat, and what we do is we eat and share testimonies. That's what we do. Uh, then we'll do that again Tuesday night. We do that twice so that I get to eat twice. <laughs> you can come twice if you want, I guess, and join me. But uh, anyway, so uh, it'll be a great time. So we're looking forward to that pie and praise. Then there will be nothing on that Wednesday here, just so you know. Uh, blankets for the nursing home ministry. Uh, so if you are interested in helping out with that, try to get every resident a blanket. We're really looking at like a throw, you know, like a lap blanket. Uh, and you can put those out there in the box or see uh, Chuck and Beth, you want to add uh, give money to that. You can either give it to Brother Chuck or you can just drop it in the offering plate and make sure you mark it what it's for or it will just kind of go into the offering and nobody will know that it's there. Uh, so that'd be great. And then we have Christmas in Wanamaker is coming up. That's coming up very quickly. Uh, we need you to sign up to help. We'll be doing, I didn't write the dates on that, but the Monday and Tuesday before uh, are going to be our work days to try and get things ready. We get packets to be passed out, uh, candy, things bundled up and ready to go. Uh, What we do then is we will have two things happening on that day. We have a booth, and we need help in in, uh, covering that booth. It's from 9 o'clock until 2 o'clock roughly, and uh, so if you can take one or two hour shifts to help us cover that, we uh, are there to meet and greet everybody who comes by, and we have a great spot because we are right here. It's all inside, by the way. Our booth is, on, is inside, so that's nice. You don't have to freeze. Uh, we're inside, and you have to go by our booth to see Santa. And so uh, we have a lot of people that go by our booth. And so I'm just telling you, it's a really a great spot for us. And so uh, we give people a church invite. We don't sell anything. A lot of people are selling things, but we're not selling. We're just giving away, uh, inviting people, letting them know about our Christmas cantata coming up, letting them know about other things that are coming up for Christmas. So, uh, And then you can also sign up to say that you're going to be in the parade. The parade is a little less than a mile from the CVS to the middle of downtown Wanamaker, uh, and it's not a run. It's, a, it's hardly a walk, all right? You just kind of walk along, and we just pass out candy. If you want to ride the float, you can do that. There's a, we usually have a hay, ca- a hay wagon, and you can ride on the hay wagon just throw candy to the people who are lining the streets going by. It's always been a, a great time, and, and uh, we use it as a time to just introduce people to our church and, and some to the Lord if we can. And then our missionaries of the week are the Rollins, and I forgot to bring their letter up here with me, but they uh, Baptist, Baptist Church Planning Ministries is a ministry that focuses mostly on North America, that's Canada and the United States, but they plant churches. Uh, they, what they try to do is work with other churches to, you know, so for instance, Southeast Baptist will say, we, wanna, we want to do a church plant 25 miles away someplace, and we'll go and, uh, and they, we've helped them and they help us uh, to get a new church started up. They have started hundreds now churches across America, and God has been really working. So you might remember that uh, this was the Jessups, Earl Jessup, and he passed away of cancer, and then the Rollins have stepped in to take his place. So uh, that's how you might remember them. Let's have the income. We'll take up the morning offering. 
encourage you to uh, give as unto the Lord. And uh, for the second, if you would ask God's blessing upon the offering, upon our service, and upon the Rollins and Baptist Church Planning Ministries, we'd appreciate it. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're thankful to be together today. Thank you that we're your children and that we can worship you together and fellowship together. I pray that you'll bless our service here. We thank you for the opportunity to give, uh, that you can use it to further your ministry here as well as around the world. I thank you for the Rollins and for Baptist Church Planning Ministry, the work that they're doing. I pray that you'll continue to bless them and further their ministry. Thank you for our other missionaries as well. Thank you for their sacrifice and their service. Lord, I pray that you'll bless us today and challenge our hearts through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We do want to uh, 
honor our veterans today. We're going to start by honoring our country. If we could all stand, please. We're going to start with the pledge to the American flag, followed by the pledge to the Christian flag. Attention, salute, pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. To the Christian flag, attention, salute, pledge. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands. One Savior, crucified, risen, and coming again with life and liberty to all who believe. Let's pray and ask God's blessings upon our nation. Father, it is a privilege to live in this great country. It is an honor to know many who have fought to maintain the freedoms that we've enjoyed, that have served to help preserve this nation. And we pray that you would bless them, be with them, encourage and uplift them, be with the families that have made sacrifices, many of which we don't know and don't understand. Pray that you would help us to live as grateful people. Thank you for our Savior, for the freedom that comes in Jesus Christ, for knowing that uh, our future is secure in heaven. And Father, we will thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated, and uh, I'm going to ask our veterans to stand again shortly, but uh, I'll call you up one step at a time. I know that's a problem for you. So, so Mike, I'm sorry about that. Are you a veteran? Oh, great. <laughs> sorry about that. I should have uh, gotten to you first, I guess. All right. Uh, let's let's do it this way. If you served or are currently serving in the armed army, if you would please stand so that we can recognize you and show our appreciation for your sacrifices. There there may be people in the overflow that are over there, and please just know if we could uh, see you, just know that our our applause is for you as well. Thank you. You may be seated. If you served or are currently serving in the Navy, if you would please stand and let us recognize you as well. Thank you. You may be seated. If you served or are currently serving in the Air Force, if you would please Stand and let us recognize you. And I'll just have everybody note, Brother Curtis was able to get his, uh, his uniform on, and we're so thrilled with that. He, uh, they said, Where, where's your cover? And it disintegrated. I'm going to guess that's to age, but I wouldn't try to... <laughs> And if you served or are currently serving in the Marines, would you please stand? Every now and again, we get one of these in the state of Indiana, but not very often. If you served or are currently serving in the Coast Guard, would you please do we have any Coast Guardians? I don't know if there's any. I can't see that uh, room over there, but uh, usually not too many of those in Indiana. So uh, we cannot tell you how much we appreciate uh, the, the sacrifices that you and your families have made for us, those of us who have just enjoyed the freedoms. Uh, we don't want to take them for granted, right? Because we do understand a principle, and that is that freedom isn't free. That's exactly right. Uh, there's a song to that end that's reflecting upon not only our military, but upon the fact that uh, our spiritual freedom purchased, and purchased by Jesus Christ also isn't free, right? And uh, so anyway, it's uh, just something for us to constantly be reminded of. We just want to, want to make sure that you know that uh, we haven't forgotten you and that we appreciate it. So out here on the table, you might have noticed there's some things. Uh, all of the things on the right-hand table, uh, that's from my family, and you're welcome to finger it and touch it. You can't hurt it. It's just there. 
um, somebody asked if this is my dad. They, they were joking as they pointed to Adolf Hitler. <clears throat> it wouldn't have been so bad, but it was my son. No, it wasn't. <laughs> but uh, the, the uh, pictures of Adolf Hitler were, um, j- just to let you know, they were propaganda that would, they would fly over and just drop things out of the plane. And uh, so it was just propaganda that was there, and my dad collected some of those. And my dad did fi- fight in World War II. And so, but there's people out there that I don't know. We have invited you to bring things in from your families. You say, I forgot or I didn't know. They'll still be up tonight. You're welcome to bring them back and share them with people tonight. Put them on the tables, uh, spread them out, and uh, just those kinds of things. And that'll be uh, just so you can appreciate and remember and reflect on all of those kinds of things that are happening there. All right? Well, okay. We'll get past that one. I guess we'll just keep moving. So, Brother David, you come on and take it from here. And I, I echo Pastor in saying that you know, our hearts are full of gratitude for each of you who have served and have given of yourselves for our freedoms. And I, I recognize that you know, I, I wouldn't be here serving God freely. This church wouldn't be here if it weren't for the men who fought for freedom. And I think of what, when our nation was founded, and it was founded upon faith in God, and our nation was one that feared God and trusted in God and I'm sure like many of you, we long for the day when our nation would once again turn to God and trust in Him and fear Him. And I know that that can happen if we would trust in God and in Him alone. So please stand with me if you're able as we sing, In God We Trust, In God Alone.
those of the congregation which are able, please stand for the reading of sacred scripture. The epistle of Paul the Apostle to the Romans, chapter 7. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then if, while her husband liveth, she be married to another, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit, and not in the oldness of the letter. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law, sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once. But when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. And the commandment, which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. May the Lord prosper his word, or to he sent it. You may be seated. We'll continue to worship our God, for he is worthy. We'll sing, Be Thou My Vision. Be Thou My Vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that Thou art. Thou my best thought by day or by night. Waking or sleeping, Thy presence my life. Be Thou my wisdom and Thou my 
Thank you, ladies. I like that song. Did you need me to hold the book for you guys today? No? <laughs> oh, that's just terrible. I'm sorry. Take your Bible, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. So it's Veterans Day, and you think, okay, so what could we say about soldiers that hasn't been said? Certain holidays, you love certain holidays, you kind of, okay, there's only so much you can say. So uh, of the Christmas story, I've been preaching to you the Christmas story for 32 years. It's the Christmas story. Uh, Easter, right? It's really, so, but Veterans Day is just full of stories. You could just go forever, it seems like. So tonight... Uh, we'll give you an opportunity to share some of those. If you want to share a veteran story, you might be a veteran or know a veteran that you could share a little bit about. So we'll do that in the way of testimonies tonight. Looking forward to that. But, but uh, you know, you're thinking, okay, so what, what comes to mind when it comes to preaching? Well, obviously there's uh, some big ones, right? You could turn to, uh, you know, you could turn to 1 Samuel chapter 16 and you could talk about David. Is there an, or chapter 17, is there not a cause? And and uh, David being the beginning of his soldiering there uh, as he fights Goliath, perhaps. And then uh, you could, you know, talk about Gideon and uh, how that God said, you've got too many, you've got too many, you've got too many, and, uh, you know, just trust me and we'll win this battle. And, and uh, he fought that battle. You could talk about Deborah and uh, Barak, who was afraid to go, but uh, Deborah said, let's go anyway, and uh, God used Deborah to... Uh, bring victory to the people of uh, Israel. and uh, You can talk about David's mighty men. and uh, This is a passage that is very familiar. I preached it before, uh, but uh, you know I've preached all those others before too, so we're going to take a look at 2 Timothy chapter 2. Uh, I'm going to end this with a, a story or a, a reading that I've shared with you a couple of times over the years, and uh, there's copies of it out there on the table. You can grab one if you want, and if you if we run out of copies, then just let me know. We'll make sure that we get some more. But it's the concept of being a soldier. Now, while, while I did not serve in the United States Army, the reality is, as a Christian, I am serving in the Army of the Lord. I don't have an option. This is, uh, you know, we are drafted the moment that we trust Jesus Christ as our Savior. We're brought into the service of the King, and this is what we do. Uh, we are encouraged by the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 6 to put on the whole armor of God that might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil because we're going to be fighting a battle. Every day is a battle. Uh, there's an old, an old uh, country gospel song, um, and I don't know all of it, but I'll give you this one line that just jumps out at me all the time when I'm thinking, it's a battlefield, brother, not a recreation room. It's a fight and not a game. So run if you're going to, run if you will, but I came here to stay. In fact, that's what we're going to be looking at tonight. You can go home this afternoon and read uh, Psalm 15 and uh, learning how to stay. But uh, anyway, uh, it, there's a lot, of, a lot of challenges for us as we're considering these things of soldiering. Uh, so when we get here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and it's talking about being a soldier, uh, it's not eliminating anybody. It's not eliminating the women. It's not eliminating the kids. If you have come to the place where you can trust Jesus Christ, your Savior, then you are in the army of the Lord. You are a soldier of the king. And we, our job then is to become good soldiers. Our job is to, to do what is necessary. In, in Ezekiel chapter 3, uh, it talks about this watchman. And he is to, you know, he is to, to be guarding the, the wall. You know, and if an enemy is coming to, to give warning. And in, Ephesians, or in Ezekiel chapter 3, uh, God likens it to... Uh, literally to us watching over men's souls, and our job is to speak God's truth uh, so that they have the opportunity to make a better spiritual decision. And if we fail to warn the wicked from his wicked way, then that wicked man will die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Why? Because we're soldiers. We have a job to do. And it's important that we do our job. That's what's being spoken of here in Second Timothy uh, chapter 2. So let's read verse 1, and we'll have prayer and jump into this. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the Lord that is in Christ Jesus. Father, help us today to learn to be the Christian that you've called us to be, the example that you desire us to be, uh, the mouthpiece that you've instructed us to be, uh, to share your truth with those who you've brought into our lives, to be faithful, 
to do these jobs. And, Father, we will thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. He starts out this, and it's going to be talking about soldiering. You'll see that when we get down to verse 3. But he starts this out with, be strong in the Lord, right? Uh, we sing that song, be strong in the Lord and be of good courage. This is what God has called us to do. Be strong in the Lord. Uh, he says things like, wait upon the Lord, right? Because they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Uh, shall renew their strength. We're supposed to be strong in the Lord to learn how to, to trust God with His timing, uh, to learn how to, to wait patiently on the things that God has called us to do. Uh, the Bible declares that the joy of the Lord is my... Can I just point some things out? If you're impatient and don't have joy, you know what you're also not? Strong in the Lord. Can't have it both ways. You understand how this works? We wait on the Lord, we wait patiently on Him, and He renews our strength. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. And if we're lacking joy, or if we lack the ability to wait on God and trust God with an outcome, then the reality is, we have to be honest with ourselves, we lack the strength that God wants us to have in order to accomplish the job that God has given us to do. To be strong in the Lord is the first thing he says here in this, in this chapter to point out to us that we have a job to do and God, I, I struggle with these words, right? God doesn't need anything from us. But we need his strength in order to accomplish the task that he's given us. And while God doesn't need me to do anything, right? Even, quite honestly, the Bible says that if I fail to speak out, the rocks themselves would cry out, right? God doesn't need me. But he has chosen me. He's chosen to use you and I. He is, it, it's our privilege, it's our honor to serve this God of ours. He has chosen to do this. And so while he doesn't need us, he does desire for us to do this work. And then he needs us to step up to the plate in a way that makes us strong. Are we willing to be strong, Lord, to be of good courage? to wait patiently upon Him? Are we willing to keep our eyes focused on Him, to let His joy be our strength and not let this world drain us of that joy whereby draining us of our strength? Ephesians chapter 6 says, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. That brings us to verse 2. It says, In the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. So, not only am I, am I called by God to be strong, but then I am to be actively passing on this truth, these truths, this reality that God has given us to those around us. We should all be mentoring somebody, by the way. Can, can we just understand this? I mean, Christian, you know Jesus Christ, your Savior? Then there's somebody who knows less about what it means to walk in the, with the Lord than you. And you ought to come alongside and mentor them. That's, that's what we're called to do. The same commit thou, you, you and I, we're supposed to commit these things to others, to faithful men, that they may teach others also. Because, you know, we can, we can cry and bemoan all day long the fact that the politicians have messed up America. But the reality is that if God's people had been mentoring God's word generation after generation after generation, we wouldn't be in the mess that we're in. That's just the reality. We can blame the politicians if we want. But I'm going to tell you that your grandkids will be blaming the politician if you and I don't step up to the plate and start passing along God's truth to them in a meaningful way. We've got to pass along God's truth. It takes God's strength. Be strong in the Lord. It takes strength from on high. But when God has empowered us, then we are to come alongside someone else and help them to grow up in the things of Jesus Christ. So if... <laughs> I'm not going to do this to you, because you will never, never answer to me. I didn't die for you, right? But if Jesus walked in here today, and he went around the room and pointed each one of us out and said, who are you minister mentoring? Would you have an answer? I mean, you're never going to give an account to me. You understand that, right? You're, you're not, you don't have to give an answer to me. I didn't die for you. But Jesus Christ has called us to a job. 
And part of that job of soldiering is taking someone else under wing. Now, every parent, it ought to be your kids, first and foremost, right? Every grandparent ought to be your grandkids, secondly. That, that, this is a given. But sitting around us is a small army of people that will impact and influence another generation if, if, if we commit to them these truths, they will be able to teach others also. Do you see how this works? The salvation of the American society is sitting in this room. Will we pass on to faithful people the truths God has taught us so that they can pass on the truths God has taught them? That's the challenge. This is what it is to be a servant of God. And it takes God's strength. Be strong in the Lord. And then be faithful and be... By the way, it doesn't say it this way, but you know, if we were going to put it in the be frame, 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 I'll just say it that way. Be faithful and then be teaching. Be teaching. Are you doing this? Are we doing this? Are we passing it along? Let me go on. Look at verse 3. Now we get into that soldiering. Thou, therefore, endure hardness. I I've, uh, recently have heard this phrase coming and coming again and again. It's been on the radio. Somebody, uh, not just the same somebody, but several different. I listen to the radio when I'm in the car. That's it. I don't know about the rest of you. I don't listen to the radio any other time. And usually I'm listening to talk radio when I'm in the car. So it's, you know, 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there. So I get snippets of little things that are happening. I never, I can't tell you the last time I listened to a radio program in its entirety. I don't know that I ever have, to be honest with you. Anyway, uh, that's why I listen to radio. But I've heard this phrase that's gone over and over, and the reality of it is, is stark. It says, hard men make for good times. Good times make for soft men. Soft men make for bad times. Bad times make for hard men. When you think that through, it's like reading the Old Testament, Right? You read the Old Testament, some king comes in, he says, we need to be right with God, and he gets everybody doing the right thing and brings in revival, and then the next generation is a little weaker, the next generation is a little weaker, before you know it, they're having a hard time, and a new king comes in and says, wow, we need to get right with God, and, and there's this pattern that happens, and, and you can look back in American history, and you can say, wow, okay. The question is, can we look back to our kids and say the same thing about our own family history? Or are we going to be faithful to pass on so that we can actually bypass the weak men concept in there? Is it possible to not create a generation of soft people if we can keep the good blessings of God from corrupting us because we've done a good job of actually training people how to stay right with God? That's what tonight's going to be about in Psalm 15. Can we stay there? So this is the challenge for us, right? We are to endure hardness. The concept of enduring, you know, is this. Uh, Job said it this way, but he knoweth the way that I take, and when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. You know, what, you know what Paul declared that love does? Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, Endureth most things. No, 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 no. Endureth all things. It's not easy to love people. People aren't always lovely. You ever notice that? It's not easy to love people. But God hasn't called us to do the easy. He's called us to endure hardness as a good soldier. He's called us to put up with the difficult things in such a way that our that his joy is still our strength. And in the process of doing all this, we're still actually passing along his truth to people who need it. And we're enduring hard things. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Hey, I tell you, if we don't learn how to not quit, then I can tell you how long you're going to be married. <laughs> you know, I mean, marriage is tough. It's not easy. It's, it's one of those hard things that sometimes I know if my, my wife's not here today, so she's not... She was running a fever last night. I'm gonna, I was not supposed to say this. She's going to 
we're still she's still having play practice tonight after the church service. But her fever did break in the middle of the night, right? But it's supposed to go for 24 hours. So by then she'll be close to that 24 hour period. <laughs> but they gotta have play practice for the uh, Christmas cantata, and she's in charge of that. So uh, that's gonna happen tonight after the service. But if my wife were sitting here, I'd say it out loud. I'm not afraid of her hearing this because she would be the first one to say, "Amen." Marriage is hard. She'd be the first one to amen. You understand? Marriage is hard. If we don't learn how to endure hardness, we can't get past that first little step. That's that's the that's the easy stuff. Staying married is the easy stuff. Staying faithful to the things of God. That's that's where it gets really hard. We need to learn how to endure hardness if we're going to pass on to another generation. James said it this way: "Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried." He to receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Verse 4, we're still in 2 Timothy, says this. No man that warreth entangled himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Here's the idea. So you've got this soldier, and he's in, he's in charge of lookout, right? He's making sure that the enemy's not going to get into the camp and, and hurt people. So he's, let's just say he's the lookout guy. But... You know, can you imagine a soldier in today's day, in this day and age? He's a soldier. He's he's on lookout for the enemy, and he's going through his Instagram account. That make you feel comfortable? I mean, think about that for a moment. No man that warreth, the Bible says. We can't do our job, is what the Bible's saying, if we're going to be entangled. We're going to be so easily distracted. No man that wars. When we enter the battle, we've got to stay focused on the things that God has called us to do. And if we are so easily distracted, quite honestly, it's not the lookout guy that suffers. The enemy goes right beneath his nose. And the people in the camp are destroyed. Because the lookout guy got distracted. Dad. You and I might very well survive being distracted. But our kids and our grandkids, they're going to pay the price. No man that warreth can do his job rightly when he's entangled in the affairs of this life. We can't let ourselves be so easily distracted. Galatians says it this way, Stand fast, therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We are to be doing our job. Verse 5 says this, And if a man also strive for mastery, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully. First thing is we have to be striving, right? We have to be, we have to be striving. We have to be enduring. We have to be teaching. We have to be faithful. This is what it means to be a soldier. But we must enter into the battle. We must strive. We must press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God. We must put on the armor of God knowing that the fiery darts of the wicked are coming our way. We must get involved in the battle. We can't stand on the sidelines. It doesn't work. The Christian who, you know, the Sunday morning Christian who comes to church on Sunday morning, but that's about all God means to him is dooming his children. Dooming them. He's the watchman distracted. Missing out on what it is that God has for him to do. We must get involved in the battle. We must push, strive, sweat, bleed for the mastery to, to win the victory. And yet... The Bible doesn't say, yet he's not crowned except he strive lawfully. So not only do we have to strive, we have to do it the right way. And by the way, the right way is God's way. God's way. Thus saith the Lord. So we must strive, we must strive rightly. This guarantees us then to see the blessings of God. This is what allows us to see the next generation raise up because we've been faithful to pass on to those who can teach others also because we have been enduring, because we have been teaching, because we have been striving, because we have entered into the battle lawfully. 
we're able to see God's hand at work. The question is, are we being soldiers? I, notice, hear me. I didn't ask, are we soldiers? That answer, Christian, is yes. We are all called into the army of God. We've all been drafted. We've all signed up. We're soldiers. So it's not, are you soldiers? Are we being soldiers? Are we being strong? Are we being faithful? Are we being teaching? Are we enduring? Are we striving? Because that's what it takes to be a soldier of the Lord. Am I being a soldier is the question of the day. So listen to this reading, which I've read to you once before, and there's a copy of it out there. I, don't, I would tell you who wrote it, but I don't know. I can tell you this. I didn't. So don't credit me with it, all right? Uh, but it is a powerful understanding. Every, you do know that in our church, the great generation, what is known as the great generation, is no longer represented. That's that World War II generation. And we just buried our last World War II vet this summer with Paul Sharon. And um, so in our church, it's up to us, guys, to, to be that. And uh, so that generation clearly understood what I'm about to read. And the rest of us need to get a hold of it. I'm a soldier in the army of my God. The, soldier, or the Lord Jesus Christ is my commanding officer. The Holy Scripture is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer, and the Word are my weapons of warfare. I have been taught by the Holy Spirit, trained by experience, tried by adversity, and tested by fire. I am a volunteer in this army. I am enlisted for eternity. I will not get out, sell out, be talked out, or pushed out. I am faithful, reliable, capable, and dependable. If my God needs me, I am there. I'm a soldier. I'm not a baby. I do not need to be pampered, petted, primed up, pumped up, picked up, or pepped up. I'm a soldier. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, entice me, or lure me. I'm a soldier. I'm not a wimp. I'm in place, saluting my king, obeying his orders, praising his name, building his kingdom. No one has to send me flowers, gifts, food, cards, or candy to give me, or give me a handout. I, am, I, am in, I do not need to be cuddled, cradled, cared for, or catered to. I am committed. I cannot have my feelings hurt badly enough to turn me around. I cannot be discouraged enough to turn me aside. I cannot lose enough to cause me to quit. When Jesus called me into his army, I had nothing, and if I end up with nothing, I am still, I still will come out ahead. I will win. My God has and will continue to supply all of my needs. I am more than conqueror. I will always triumph. I can do all things through Christ. The devil cannot defeat me. People cannot disillusion me. Weather cannot weary me. Sickness cannot stop me. Battles cannot beat me. Money cannot buy me. Governments cannot silence me. And hell cannot handle me. I am a soldier. Even death cannot destroy me. For when my commander calls me from his battlefield, he will promote me to be captain and then allow me to rule with him. I am a soldier in the army, and I am marching, claiming victory. I will not give up. I will not turn around. I am a soldier, marching heaven-bound. Here I stand. Will you stand with me? I am a soldier. Heads on question is not what title do you carry. We carry, this sol- do we carry this title of a soldier if we know Jesus Christ our Savior. The question is, what job are we doing? Are we doing the job of a soldier? That's the question. And that answer, quite honestly, only you can give. I can't give it. Are you ready to endure hardness? Are you ready to teach? others also are you ready to be faithful are you ready to be strong are you ready to follow Jesus
Pastor, I know I'm a Christian. I know I'm saved. I know I'm on my way to heaven. Pastor, I don't question my salvation, but I have to be honest, Pastor. In looking at what a soldier is to be doing, I, I don't think I'm soldiering. I recognize that I'm a soldier, but I can't say that I'm, so, that I'm soldiering, Pastor. And God has spoken to my heart, I want to be a soldier. I want to do what God wants, expects, and if you'll understand the way it's used, needs me to do. I don't want to sit on the sidelines. Pastor, would you pray for me that I have the courage to step up and do what God has called me to do? Would you slip your hand up let me see that so I can pray for you? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Maybe there's someone here who said, Pastor, the reality is I don't know that I'm a Christian. I don't know if I died today I would go to heaven. I'm not certain that I'm a part of the army of God. And I'm concerned about my soul, about where I would spend eternity. Pastor, would you pray for me? Is there anyone here like that this morning? Say, Pastor, that's where I'm at. Would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can pray for you? Father, many, many tender hearts are here. God, we want to thank you for the privilege of serving you. For the honor of being in your army. God, raise up this army. Be faithful enduring, teaching, strong soldiers of your son. For each one that's raised their hand, give them an exceptional boldness to step up today. And Father, we will thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to sing. Am I a soldier of the cross? I am, am I a soldier of the cross? A follower of the king? As we sing, the altar is open to you. You step out. Let the Lord have his way, would you? appreciate your kind attention. Veterans, please know how much we appreciate you. If you are sitting near a veteran or can recognize one on your way out, I'm going to encourage you to shake their hand, introduce your kids to them, let them know what they've done, put them up on a pedestal that uh, they deserve, and, and let them, you know, let, let us pass along some bit of knowledge. Maybe hug somebody's neck and just tell them you love them, all right? It'd be a great thing to do. Stop by the table if you wanted to you say, ah, oh, I didn't know about that, Pastor. It'll be there again tonight, so you can bring some stuff in tonight and, and uh, share pictures and paraphernalia, whatever you'd like to share uh, that's out there as well. So uh, anything else I'm supposed to be announcing? There is choir practice before church. There is play practice after church. And this afternoon, if you get a chance, it's only five verses long, Psalm 15. Read it. Be ready for tonight. All right? The Lord bless you, keep you, make His face shine upon you, give you peace. Love you all. God bless you. Dismissed.